Hello and welcome to the Cinematic Adventures podcast. We are wrapping up uh, Robert De Niro and apparently um, Al Pacino. Uh, Al Pacino <laughs> yes. month. Uh, two for one. Yeah, two for one. It helps with heat. Did we? Wait, hold on. Okay, so we did with Mafia. It was, we did two Robert De Niro and one Pacino. And uh-huh. then Godfather, obviously Albert, you know, Al Pacino, Albert, <laughs> Al Pacino <laughs> and Robert De Niro, and then um, oh no, we there's no Al Pacino in a Tarantino film, so we technically didn't do, we didn't give equal time, although if you count just movie to movie, they did get equal time, because Al Pacino is in all three Godfather films and Robert De Niro is only in one. There you go. So if you look at it that way. Technically, I'm going to. we're even. I guess so. I guess it's like a co-month of like both Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. So yeah, the De Niro Pacino month. All right, that works. Cool. Did De Niro? Oh no, oh, we're no. even. Yay! I, fucking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Robert De or Al Pacino was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He was in Tarantino Week. I forgot Hooray! about that. We really he did it. Did oh. it. <laughs> it was totally accidental, but it, it worked. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. They so team up a lot. It's, they they do well, and the funny thing is that like they do they do almost the exact same type of movies, but they're only in like two movies together. And most of the time when they're in movies together, they're not in the movie together. Like they're both they have separate parts, and then they like either like in the Godfather Part Two, they literally never meet, or in Heat, they meet like for ten minutes. <laughs> Because in Heat, uh, like, a majority of the time, it's one or... We're following both of their stories individually. Yeah. So, in Heat, um, it's a cat and mouse game. Uh, Al Pacino yes. plays the lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Vincent Hanna? Hanna? Vincent. Hanna. <laughs> um, okay. And Robert De Niro is playing Neil McCauley. Mm-hmm. Sure. And um, it's a... It's a cat and mouse game between them trying to outsmart the other and it's great it's yeah so something that i just good. found out is that it's based on a true story really that's crazy right yeah there it's um it's based on the true story of an actual guy named neil mccauley and that was his so um uh robert de niro's mentality or his um his Called motto mannerisms code no no is code the code oh, that okay. he lived by that was that was the real Neil McCauley's code cool so um yeah the director um who I think he also wrote it uh Michael Mann he like studied this dude for like 20 years and then wrote this play wrote the play wrote the script based on on the real guy so, yeah. that's re- that's really cool yeah um this this guy must have had an interesting life. Uh, it's oh, I love this movie, man. It's so good. Um, so the the basic the setup is that you have this really clever uh, criminal called Neil McCauley, and instead of it like focusing on Neil and his criminal empire, um, and or the lieutenant, it focuses on both. Because, like, when you have Al Pacino and Robert De Niro in the same movie, of course you are. <laughs> um, that's one of the things that 
I think a lot of people like about this film is that it's nuanced. It's not good guy, bad guy, protagonist, antagonist. In like, there's a saying that goes, the antagonist is the good guy in his own story. Yeah, um, and um, everyone's the so protagonist this is like a of their dual own story. story. Yeah. Yes, so this is like a dual story. It's the story of the cop and the thief. And it really feels like a race to discover who's going to win. And it kind of harkens back to um, the first movie we talked about, Untouchables, for this month, when... Um, Robert De Niro's Al Pacino was like, you know, the person who wins is the guy, is the last man standing. I feel like that is like an apt situation for this film because the whole film is like, here are two brilliant men that are way too obsessed with their careers and they are definitely perfectionist and they, their personal life suffers for it. And the question is like, you know, only one of them can win. So the question is which one? And because not- in order for Pacino to win, De Niro has to be in jail. In order for De Niro to win, Pacino has to lose. So only one of them can win, and they're both brilliant. Which one's going to win? So that, I, that's what I liked the, about this. The best scene, the best scene in this entire movie is when, um, is, is when... Robert De Niro sets up the trap for Al Pacino and Al Pacino works out that they're currently in the trap and it shows just how equal they are in intellect. Yeah. You know um, the I like the, about? yeah, the, at the shipyard. Um, yeah. I liked the, so my favorite scene from this is the heist, which we'll talk about in, in a little bit. But um, I liked the, the, the like kind of uh, false catch with the, when, um, when Pacino was just like, find him, and he just tracks him down. He has nothing on him, so he can't arrest him for shit, but he just wants to have a conversation with him because it's like, this guy's gotten under his skin, you know? And he's like, who the fuck are you, man? Like, and, and I like how that turned, like, it starts out with, like, kind of like a, like a CIA fact-finding mission on each other of, like, who is this guy? How can I get under his skin? What makes him tick? And it ends up with, like, if we weren't on opposite ends, we could be friends. Did that become a trope? It is fucking good. Did that become a trope because of this movie? Um, I don't think so. I can't. Like off the top of my head, I can't think of other movies. Oh, it is a trope. The 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 good guy and bad guy having an intellectual conversation. Um, From what other movies? Oh, there's uh there's uh, the anime Death Note. There's it, it happens in movies. Um. Uh, in cop movies, uh, it happens. Maybe it's not as big as I thought, but it is in other movies. Uh, well, I don't know, maybe, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. So that's why, like, it doesn't really feel like a trope to me, because I don't know. Uh, yeah, I can't really think it, of it. It has to be a. It has to be a really specific kind of like uh, criminal and uh, detective that do it, because the point of them has to be that they're both clever. Well, okay, usually when a cop and when, like, the good guy and bad guy are having a conversation, it, that's almost always, like, the climax, and somebody is going to win or lose right then. The thing about Heat is that this happens at, like, the midpoint of the movie, and it's like, you still have half the movie to go. So this is nowhere close to the climax. It's that, it's that confrontation, but it's not a climax, and so I can't think of any That's other movie true. that does that. Oh my God, it's a TV trope. 
Yeah, it's a TV it's truck, a TV but not truck. movies. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. But see, TV is, is much different because TV has many, many episodes to go. Whereas a movie, there's a finite amount of time. And You're right. You have they, to, you this know. isn't a movie trip. This is a TV trip. Because in like yeah. every single um, cop show that has um, a genius big bad guy that, ha- that the main character is going after, this, uh, mm-hmm. a conversation like this always happens towards the middle of the series. It became a TV trope. Cool. Yeah, TV trope, sure. But like like I said, like I can't think of other movies where this happens unless again it's happening at the end when it's like the cl- the beginning of the climax. You're right. But I like it, for it this to happen happens... at the midpoint, I can't think of any other movie where this happens. I'm not saying there isn't, you know, there, I'm not saying there isn't another movie out there where that ha- that's the case, but I just can't think of any off the top of my head. Me neither. I was thinking of TV shows, which yeah. it makes sense more for a TV show than a movie. Because, like, I, I, with Heat, the, uh, the point of that conversation was, cool, I'm going to talk to this guy, uh, the people are going to be listening in, and then we'll fucking get him. It'll be great. And then, the, and then the, the, the way that scene pays off is after that scene happens, it's like, wait a minute, I was having fucking coffee with this fucker, and you guys weren't listening? Where the hell were you? And, and he got real mad. No. That the movie I, no, that, wasn't over. <laughs> no, I don't think that they were, that he, I don't think he had the intention of them listening. What he was pissed about was until that point. So, okay. So it, it just kind of shows the greater cat and mouse game because you realize that De Niro allowed himself to be caught. He kind of like put himself out there to be like, yep, here I am. I'm out in the open. And then when he pulls him over, he was like, let's just have coffee. And he's like, okay, sure. And they take that moment to do what ended up pissing off Pacino. Now, Pacino wasn't assuming that the other cops were listening in. He was pissed that after the conversation that he had with them, he walks in and he's like, okay, where's the rest of his crew? And they're like, we lost them. Because they had everybody under surveillance. But during the time, while during that 30-minute cup of coffee... While they were sitting there having that conversation, all of De Niro's crew shook their um, shook their surveillance. All of them. I, oh, and that's why I they were going to they, LAX to lose their surveillance. I thought that they uh, pulled off the crew, and that's why he was pissed. They shook him. Oh, no wonder he was mad. Yeah. So, like before that happened, that's how he was able to find him. Remember, um, yeah. uh, Pacino comes in and he's like. Where is he? I want to know where he is right now. And then he goes after him and then he's like, okay, let's just have a cup of coffee, right? Well, the reason why he was on, the reason why De Niro was on his way to LAX is because you later find out when you go to LAX, because there's flyover, the satellite can't catch them. Like the satellite can't keep up with them there. So they all went to LAX, ditched their cars and got different ones and left. So they took advantage of the lapse in, in um, aerial surveillance coverage and took off. So you can't have a helicopter fly over because it's the airport. You can't have, um, like, the satellite can't, can't get through. You know, so, because like, an LAX is, like, there are certain, there are other um, dead spots like that. Like, there's a dead spot in um, downtown LA. Like, right when everything, there's a part where, like, three different freeways overlap on top of each other. And GPS cannot handle that shit. If you're trying really? to go through, and, you know, GPS. GPS is a signal like from space, right? And GPS right. is like, fuck you, I have no idea where you are. 
because there's three <laughs> freeways on top of each other plus streets. So the GPS is like, you're somewhere in this melee and I can't pinpoint you. And I used to be an Uber driver. It used to piss me off because it was like, you're trying to follow these directions and it would be like, get off at third street. And then it would think that you're on another freeway and it would be like, turn right. And you're like, I can't turn right. And then it would be like, go straight. Cause now it thinks you're on the other freeway. And then all of a sudden <laughs> it, and then it's telling you to turn left. Cause now it thinks you're on the street. And it's like, God damn it. I'm still on the first freeway. <laughs> so, so there are these like blind spots in LA where like, like, like even though satellites, you know, come from the sky, there are blind spots where like, you just, it can't hit. LAX is one of them that's where they were going they were going intentionally to lose their surveillance and it just so happens that he got you know he decided to pull him over right during that time and everybody used that time to because everybody was like you know Pacino's crew was all about like okay let's find homeboy for Pacino and while he's having that lunch then they all go in LAX ditch their surveillance and now they're all scot-free and then he's like, okay, well, where's De Niro? And they're like, and they were like, well, like 10 minutes after he left, after you finished talking to him, he did the same thing. And now we can't find him either. God, <laughs> so, no wonder he was pissed. That's why he was pissed. It wasn't that oh. they were recording him. He wasn't assuming they were recording him. It's that they all ditched their tails. Oh my God. And like, like that, like in 30 minutes, all of them, like they had that all is... of them. And then he, you know, one conversation where he gets to know a little bit more about him and then now like he's got to start from scratch because obviously they're not just going to go home because they know that they're made <laughs> so yeah yeah so yeah, that's you'd why have he was to be really really silly to do something that other than just run away we'll well no they the weren't going to run away this was right before the heist remember oh yeah they had to ditch their tail so that they could do the heist i oh all right like i have i have questions about the ending but we'll save that for the end okay you want sure. to talk about the heist itself? Because the heist was cool. The was heist well was interesting to me. Um, I mean, obviously it was well planned, but the thing is, the thing that gets me about these guys in general, and it wasn't just during this heist, but even like in the earlier one where um, Pacino first, you know, is, is put on the case, when they're like, there's no, um, like they, they have no intention of killing anybody ever. Yes, they have these high pile rifles, but really it's just for show. It's for intimidation. They just want people, like they use it to get people to do what they want. If you don't do what they want, they'll shoot you. But odds are, like, not to kill. Odds are they're just going to shoot you in the leg or, like, shoot by your head to scare you. That's how these guys, that's how this crew normally is. And this reminds me of a Dane Cook. <laughs> by the way, Dane Cook is where I got the name Cinematic Adventures. But there's a nice. Dane Cook story where, uh, or joke where he's talking about, like, he wants to be in a heist movie. And he says, um, there's always this guy, like you, you're missing one person on the crew. And there's always this guy that somebody vouches for. And they're like, yo, this dude is cool, but he's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, then he's, and then you're going through the heist. And then all of a sudden he's like, let's kill these bitches and starts killing people. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> they get a replacement dude and he's a straight psychopath. And he just kills some dudes. And at that point, like, if once you kill three, if you kill one cop, you got to kill the rest of them. Because yep. if you, like, just like Pacino said, like, once the first three were killed, like, and for, it's crazy how Pacino was able to be like, killing the first three was an accident. But once, the, once that was done, you had to kill the fourth. And he, they didn't hesitate. That's true. So how did he even know though, Did he know that because he was following them? 
No, 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 no. He got there. Remember, that was his first um, his first time being put on them specifically. Um, he got there because, or he found that because of their positioning, where they, like, how they were all, like, how they were all laid out and where they were shot. So you could see, like, okay, this guy was standing here and he was dropped. Like, these three were dropped one, two, three. And then this guy was over here. And so it seems like one person killed these three dudes. And then as soon as they saw that, then somebody else had to kill that guy who was running away. And the reason why that guy was able to run away is because the plan was to let them go. But then when one person shot the first three, then they were like, fuck it, we have to kill him now. So that's what, it was the positioning of the bodies and like where they were shot. The guy's very clever, man. He's, uh, no wonder he's a detective. Also, he, he is very good at the expense of his personal life. Yeah. Um, I think if nothing else, uh, for Robert De Niro slash Al Pacino month, we have learned <laughs> that if you want to be a cop or a criminal, your personal life is, is going to go down the toilet. Well, I mean, as far as being a criminal, you can have a personal life after you get away with it. You can't actively be doing something and have a personal life which is another situation brought to bear in this film because de niro first had that mantra of like never leave anything like never be attached to anything you can't leave behind in 30 seconds it was like which the jedi I, code i heard yep, that I um, code congratulations um <laughs> i heard i had that code um online and i didn't know it was from this as soon as I heard, I, like, there was there were several occasions where I messaged you because uh, I do that to keep myself focused and remembering stuff that I want to remember. And um, I, I messaged you and I'm like, I think I've seen this before. And then uh, a couple of minutes later, I'm like, no, I haven't. I just know this because <laughs> it's on the internet. Yeah, which, uh, that which happens with Thor so Ragnarok. I was just about to say I, I, that. Like, it, it happens to you all the time. And you're like, yeah. yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. And I'm sitting here like, he hasn't seen that. And you're like, no, 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 I've seen it. I've seen it. And I'm like, he hasn't seen it. And then later yeah. you're like, oh, shit, I don't think I've seen that. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> so, I knew that. <laughs> like, the Thor Ragnarok specifically, because there were times when you were like, what? That happened? I'm like, yeah, you haven't seen it. And you're like, no, probably no, no, I've not. seen it. And I'm like, no, nope, you've probably seen a bunch of memes from it. And you see yeah. a lot of shit on the internet and like trailers. Yeah. And you've also seen the movies that came after. So you know the importance of what happened, but you haven't seen it. And yeah. Like, no, like, I, I know, seen it. I know, like, I know, we'll talk about, like, I want to see Thor Ragnarok so bad. And okay, we can make that next week's movie. All right, cool. So, he, so next let's month we're going to change, next month we're changing the format again. Instead yeah. of doing actors of the month or what have you, we're just going to talk about a movie that we're talking about. So and, whatever movie and, we want to watch and talk about, that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, we changed this format a lot. Uh, Jackie has got like more ideas for the podcast that she wants to do. And I'm just like, I just want to watch a movie, man. I, I don't want to <laughs> do any of this stuff. So you're going to take control of the podcast and what direction we're going. And then each week, I'm going to be like, you want to watch this movie? And she's going to be like, I guess. And then we're going to watch it. I, or... I mean, We'll in fairness, that. it's more likely going to be like, I've already seen it. Well, that like saves Thor time. Ragnarok. I've, I've seen it multiple times. Like, I could, you haven't seen it yet, but without even watching a trailer for it, I've seen Thor Ragnarok enough to be able to talk about it right now. No prompting. Mm, cool. Normally, because normally, like, my, um, 
the way I prepare for a podcast is I don't always rewatch these movies. Most of the time I don't. Most of the time I either just look at the DVD cover and then like the movie comes flooding back in my head and I'm like, got it. Or I watch a, a trailer for it or like an honest trailer or like, um, like a pitch meeting, something like that. And then I'm like, oh yeah. And then like the whole movie comes back into my head, something like that. Or I read a synopsis and I'm like, got it. I can do that. Sometimes I'm- it doesn't work that well. But most of the time, like, it's like today, I thought like, oh, it's not going to work with Heat. Which, fun fact, I actually watched Heat with Daniel. And so uh-huh. you're thinking like it's just as fresh in your mind as it is his. Now, nah, because I've watched like 15 other things since then, and I can't remember it again already. <laughs> I've seen this movie. I've seen this movie at least three times. Because I saw it at least twice before I saw it with you. I own the movie. And when you're like, if, if somebody's like, oh, talk about Heat, I'm like, I don't really remember it. But then as soon as I start talking about it, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that scene. And then it just comes back to me. That's just how my brain works. I'm weird. I don't know. Uh, we're all weird. But, like, I have that yeah. with, like, some movies. I can remember movies I haven't even seen, apparently. That's annoying. Yeah. yeah. You have, your, your oh, brain works um, entirely differently. Yeah. Part of, <laughs> part of my, um, part of the new format is the movies I'm going to pick are movies I really want to see, but haven't yet. All right? So they can be anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I've seen it, then, I'm, then I'll just skip it. And I'll watch stuff that I haven't seen. But apparently, I don't know what I've seen. So oh, it's all fucked. <laughs> well, how about you just talk about a movie that you want to talk about, you know? I like, mean, perfect example. Works. Yeah, like, perfect example. I saw... So yesterday we did a live stream, and it didn't work out that well, simply because... I watched Dead to Me and then immediately recorded a pot, a live stream about little fires everywhere. So I'm trying to like not talk about Dead to Me, which was li- fresh on my mind, and talk about little fires everywhere. And it was so my I was all over the place. My ADD was on full display, and um, <laughs> so so it's like to me, it's like just talk about the thing you want to talk about. So like yesterday, I should have talked about Dead to Me. The problem is nobody else has seen season two because it just came out. And I have fuck all <laughs> else to do. So I binge watched the bitch. So, you know, but I mean, like you would think that other people would also have fuck all else to do because hello, pandemic. But, um, but most parts are, well, a lot of the U.S. has already like started to get out of the uh, That's of no good. hiding. Because, no, not at all. Um, but California is still... We're, we're still fairly, we're like half in. We've got like one toe or like like one foot is in the pool of being out of the stay-at-home order. And then the other foot is still behind the stay-at-home order. So we're like doing the splits. Anywho, <laughs> back to Heat. Um, Heat, I think, is the best heist movie. Mainly really? because, uh, yes, I do. Um, and it's, it, it's all due to Michael Mann because... His he's, directing he, of the actual heist itself is oh fucking God. insane. His direction is so fucking good. I don't notice directors unless they're really good or really bad. Um, right. Otherwise, it's just a movie. But like, he, his, oh my God. So, all right. So, can we talk about shootout or do you want to talk about the heist itself first? Talk about what? The shootout. Because there's, there's two, there's oh, the, the shootout heist. following the heist. Yeah, and then the shootout. Yeah, to me, the actual heist itself is just like garden variety heist. It's like, yeah, they get up, you know, boom, 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 they're in and out, right? No big yeah. deal. But that's that's why I didn't think that um, 
I, I wouldn't think of this as a heist movie because to, to me, a heist movie is like Ocean's Eleven where the entire movie revolves around planning and setup and, and then the payoff is the heist itself. Where with this one, it's just a thing that they do. And the, the main one is Al Pacino and Robert De Niro having a back and forth uh, fisticuffs with words. Words a cuff. Okay, I can see what you're saying because this movie is, in my opinion, it is both a character-driven film and a plot-driven film. Mm-hmm. It's, it's somehow managed to be both. So I can see it as how you're looking at it as it's character-driven, whereas it's still technically plot-driven because it's all revolving around the heist. Um, it all revolved, like, the whole thing is about this one, this one big heist where the shootout happens, and then, so, it starts with them pulling a heist, and Pacino gets on their tail, and then they have to plan out this big heist that the shootout of which, like, the aftermath is of which is, like, the best ever, and then after that, it's all about getting away with the heist. It's about the actual, like, so it's not about the, like, 10 minutes or so of the actual heist. It's about the planning of the heist before and then the aftermath of the heist after. And once that reaches its conclusion, that's, that coincide, or coincides with the character-driven part reaching its conclusion. And where they meet is the end of the film. That's how I see this. That's, that's fair enough. I... I, I, um, I get it. I guess it just doesn't use the, like, they, they do all that, and the movie revolves around the heist itself, but it doesn't follow, mm. like, the tropes of a heist movie because it's also a cop movie. Right. It's because of the, like I said, it's that marriage of, of being both a character-driven story and a plot-driven story, because, like, the, the, the heist is is will fall on lines with the plot driven part because you can look at it as okay these two characters are are like in a dead heat to see ah. huh. um <laughs> these two characters are in a dead heat to see who can like to see if they're going to be able to pull off this heist and if so can they get away with it so that could be if you could look at it from a plot wise everything like the scene that you love so much has directly to do with the heist yeah. because he was trying to get to know who's going to try to stop them to see if it's, if it's worth it to even do the heist. So everything yeah. like all yeah, we, of the strategy that you love is involving the heist. Yeah. So it's both character driven and plot driven at the same time to me. This movie's fucking awesome. And I like, we, we didn't really talk about that scene and it's my favorite scene. So we're going to go back to it. So, um, okay. they're in this big this uh, construction site. Uh, no, so what is it? Because it's, it's a, a loading dock for a, okay. a shipping yard. So they're in a loading dock and they're figuring out what uh, what they were looking at because they went there, right? And then and then they're just like, just scope it out. What are we looking for? Don't care. Doesn't matter, right? So. What they knew is that they were going to be watched by the detective or his like or the police officer working with him, and then when they get there um, to try and investigate what they were looking at, it, it dawns on Al Pacino, and it's great that the pe- the thing that they were scoping out is them. The reason they were there is to watch them, and they're somewhere here right now watching us. And I'm like, 
That's fucking good. It's great. See, most cops, like, that was it's, also an, an excellent distraction. Genius. On, yeah, it's an excellent distraction on the Nero's part because most cops aren't like Pacino. Most of them are like all the guys near him, like, well, maybe they were looking over there. Okay, well, let's start. And it would send them on a wild goose chase. And they would be like, oh, well, maybe they're going to go over to Long Beach to try to do a crime over there. Or no, maybe they were looking over there and they, maybe they're going to head to like Santa Monica or some shit. Like, whatever. So I like that they were like trying to figure out like, oh, they're, they're tracking escape routes. They're doing this. Most cops are like all the rest of them that were with him of like, what the fuck is he looking at? Yeah. Well, okay. It, it shows that they're the intellectual. Over, here or over there. Oh, it's so good. It shows that they're intellectual equals. It's, it's, it's just, it, it, oh my God. As soon as that scene happened, I'm like, I'm giving this an extra star. In fact, I just did. <laughs> that, that scene on its own is so fucking good and shows everything about both of these characters. It's just. Yes. I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> I actually was amazed that Pacino's character was able to figure it out. Um, but I love, like, to me, it was more about De Niro. I don't know. Maybe I just like the bad guy more. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> fair. To me, it was like, it was, it was like the brilliance of De Niro. But I was, like, shocked that Pacino could figure it out. I'm like, huh, not such a dumb cop after all. Mm, look at you. Look at the brains on this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. It's, oh, my God. It, He's amazing. Everything is great. As soon as that happened, I'm like, oh, this is fucking good. <laughs> like, like, this is not just going to be a good cop movie. This is going to be a great movie. I love it a lot. I as honestly as- thought that De Niro was going to get away with everything simply because have. I felt like he was smarter. I felt like of the two, he was just, just that much smarter. And like, they both had conviction, but I also feel like De Niro had just that much more. The one thing that took him down was when it came time, that 30 seconds, he hesitated. That's what ended him. Had he not, had he kept going, he would have gotten away with it. All right. There's Do no way they would have talk about caught. the ending or the, uh, the shootout first? Because the shootout's the, the thing. It's the scene that, like, everyone, uh, that people should talk about and probably do. Okay, and, you want to talk about the shootout? Yeah. So the shootouts are great. Um, yes, it, it, it requires suspension of disbelief because you mes- messaged me about the shootout because we we're watching it together. Um, and you messaged me and you said that um, there's no way that a shootout would happen in this public place, and mm. that's the yeah. Like, so, I, I tend to give my own little commentary if I don't really do it unless I've seen a movie multiple times or unless I'm watching a movie I don't like. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, my commentary is like little things like that's stupid. That wouldn't happen. That's not the 105. That's the 405. Like stupid shit like that. Oh, yeah. You, <laughs> you knew how uh, uh, LA? This is LA, yeah, right? It's, you, yeah, yeah, you it knew how LA. LA was set up. And you're like, they went like 45 minutes in about two minutes. Rubbish. Yeah. Worst well, because movie, I used, out of like, 10. That, <laughs> I did not say that. None of that. <laughs> I do know the area because I used to work at LAX. So... The freeways they're on, like that was my route to work every day. So yeah, I know the. That's just like saying like you know how to get to work. Yeah, that's <laughs> all it yeah. is. It just um, so happens to that you know L.A. is a, is shot a lot. Long Beach is too, which is ridiculous because I work there now. And so it's like, <laughs> can you guys stop? Because stop it's really annoying me. when you go to pull into the parking garage, but you can't because the police have closed off the streets so that they can shoot NCI what the fuck ever. I forgot. Uh, that I, I don't think that ever occurred to me. 
that um, it's really cool to see your city on the on the big screen. Yeah, but like they film there a lot and they're assholes and I can't get to uh -huh. work. Yep. I've been late a couple of times just because of film crews shutting down parts of, like, especially where I work, because where I work is like a huge touristy area and that there's like, not, there's a, it's also right next to the freeway. And so because it's right next to the freeway, there's like a, a quite a distance of like not really anything there for a minute. So it's like, perfect, we can set up right here. And I'm like, God, I just try to, I need to get to work. I need to get to work. You're blocking my entrance so that I can park, so that I can go and serve tourist assholes all day. Clearly, I love my job. Oh, uh, I can tell. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's, um, it's more of a pain in the ass than anything because it's like you're trying to do, you're trying to live your life and it's like, nope, you have to go 14 blocks around. So your commute that was 45 minutes is now an hour. Have fun. Yeah. <sighs> God damn that's, it. that's good. The only thing is, like, if you pay attention, usually there are signs up, like, a couple days ahead of time. So you're like, oh, on Thursday, I can't go this way. But then, like, if you're off on, like, Monday, Tuesday, and you show up and, you know, you show up on Wednesday, it's like, yeah, the signs were up, but you weren't at work. So you just go to work, and you're like, fuck, I can't get in. <laughs> so, yeah, fun times. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I think Dexter used to shoot there. It's funny because there's like a lot of stuff that's supposed to take place in like Miami and it's shot like here. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I know, um, I, I can't remember what it was, but there was this like this movie that, and I'm going to be very vague because I forget literally everything, but I'm going to hmm. say it anyway. So there was this, uh, this movie that was shot and set in like this small village uh, and the village was, and, and it was named, but it was written, the, the book that the movie's based on was written like 30 years ago, um, mm -hmm. before the movie came out. So now the, that village looks nothing like that. So in order to film in this village, they can't actually go there because it's too big now. And it's like, damn it, we'll go over here and find <laughs> something that looks more like that, that town than that town does. Okay. Yeah, that happens a lot in Hollywood. Um, where like, like I said, like things that are supposed to be shot in Miami, they'll shoot it in Santa Monica or Long Beach and be like, oh, see, there's ocean. I mean, it's not green like the ocean in Florida, but you know, it's still the ocean. <laughs> no, it's not remotely close. <laughs> one, of the, uh, one of the cool things about the uh, I, I love a movie called Bad Genius, which is not quite a heist movie apparently, but is totally a heist movie. Um, sure. And well, they use... The thing with Bad Genius is they use the tropes of a heist movie and they steal information, but because the information is like digital and they have to, and they have these geniuses, they, so it's great. So part of the plot is that they, they have to go to Sydney because of time zones, because everyone takes their, the SATs, same day, same time, but the same day, same time, it's different all around the world. So these geniuses fly from where they are to Australia and take the SATs here early because we're in the future. And that's, it's very clever. And it was really fun seeing Sydney that isn't Hollywood Sydney. It's just like you go to a train station and you do stuff and there's buildings and there's tons of fucking traffic. Uh, that's why it, you wanted me to watch that movie because it's Sydney. Yeah. That and it's good. Both that? those things. Um, well, I didn't think it. I didn't 
I don't think it mattered because uh, before this, we were going to talk about um, heist movie. And I was trying right. to convince you that it was a heist movie. But now that we've changed the premise, I'm just going to like pick that movie for a week. It'll be fun. All right, that's fine. Um, so, yeah. So but that doesn't happen a lot with me because not many things are filmed in Australia except for Australian TV, which sucks. The Matrix films were filmed in, was it Australia or New Zealand? I can't tell the difference. Think mm. it was Australia, but it could have been New Zealand. Yeah, but most the of Lord that of the Rings post- films were filmed there as well. Uh, Lord of the Rings was filmed in New Zealand. See, and it's you know, you're apples, right. Most tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My point is, it's on the continent of Australia. It's so. not. It's a separate New continent. On the continent of Australia. Nope, nope. There's a giant bit of water separating us. Yeah, it's still the same continent, homie. Uh, it's not. Look it up. Oh my god, if it's New Zealand. Let's look up the continent. See now, so now this is what's happening now. Continent Oceania. Oceania is not a continent. Yeah, see? Is there an eighth continent now? There's. Hold on. Because uh, Australia is the only um, country that's its own continent or something. Okay, but you're still on the same continent. Even if you go by this continent called called Oceania, Australia is part of Oceania. So you're still on. Your continent was called Australia, but now apparently it's been renamed Ocean. Okay. But it, you're still on the same continent because I just looked it up and it's like New Zealand is not part of the con- is um it's part of the Zealandia. Of Ocean- yeah, Oceania. Oceania. But then it also says that Australia is on Oceania. This is weird. What is Anywho. a con- what is a continent? <laughs> a continent is um is a giant landmass with multiple countries. Like I live on the continent of North America. There are only two continents on my hemisphere, North America and South America. Well, the thing and North is America that, um, has... New Zealand and Australia aren't part of the same landmass. No, but you, like Hawaii is part of the continent of North America. I guess it doesn't the, have the... to be part of the landmass. Okay. Well, in that case, maybe. Yeah, so, um, which right, it does, is enough. weird because we do say, in the U.S., we say continental, but, so we say continental and we don't include Australia or, uh, not, I'm saying that, sorry, Australia, um, we don't include Alaska or Hawaii because it's not part of the continuous part of the continent, but they are technically in the continent of North America. All right. In, it's a very strange case. thing. Uh, All I know is, like, I'm I'm part of the North American continent, which has exactly three countries, and we're the one in the middle. <laughs> so, and we do have islands. We have, um, like, we have Puerto Rico, um, Hawaii, Keys, but they're all considered part of the North American continent. Like, all landmass, from what I understand, is considered part of a continent. It's attached to a continent somewhere. Like Japan is an island. It's still part of, it's still considered on the continent of Asia, but it's an entirely detached island. Same with the Philippines. Still a continent. Still part of a, a greater continent is what I'm saying. Anywho. One of the mainland lessons. So now there's a different name. Now I see the name Zealandia. What the shit? People are just fucking with shit. Pluto's mm. no longer a planet. Look, fuckers. When I was in school, Pluto was a damn planet. <clears throat> and the I continent school, out there was, was called Australia. Scientists don't know shit. I saw the, uh, an episode of the Magic School Bus, <laughs> and that cartoon—they went to fucking Pluto, and I learned that Pluto was a planet. And now you're telling me that it isn't—it's barely even a rock. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. So we went way all the way off topic. Okay, back to heat. The, the shootout is 
great. The sound design is spectacular. It, you know what? The sound design is real. That's the thing. That's the crazy thing. Because like I played it for you a minute ago, and you and I was like, "Yeah, it was amazing." Is like there's no there's no music, and you're like, "What?" Okay, so let's play it, and then we'll talk about it. Okay, the awesomeness of that was all these retorts and the blasts and everything. There's no score underneath the sound. You're Which just I, hearing the raw sound. I didn't know that. That I, I, it's not that I didn't, I thought there was music. I just was like, I just didn't notice that there wasn't. And it's, it's just so good. It sucks you in. It's really, it's really good because you're just so drawn in you're drawn into the story so much that you don't notice the amazing sound that's going on around you because it actually makes you like the the sound brings you so far into the story that you actually feel like you're there witnessing it firsthand like that's what's crazy um and i another thing that like people keep mentioning whenever they talk about this scene is the brilliance of the writing of how, remember when they were sitting down in the cafe and De Niro or Macaulay tells Hannah, if, you know, I, I won't hesitate to end you if I feel the heat. And in this scene, it all, the shooting begins when Val Kilmer's character, they're all walking out, they're going to get into the car, Val Kilmer's character sees the heat and immediately starts taking him out. He literally does not hesitate. He sees him, he brings it up and he shoots no hesitation whatsoever and it's amazing because like even his like reloading a, a shotgun i've heard i don't know if this is true or not but i've heard that like police are trained based on this footage it's wow. like if you can't reload as well as val kilmer does in this scene you don't deserve to be on the force <laughs> i don't know the i don't know you know the uh the amount of honesty in that it, that's just something i've heard it's an internet rumor but it'd be pretty fucking awesome if that's true um <laughs> so. there are there are movies that are used in training uh for yeah, people like um, definitely one of them armageddon armageddon is used to train astronauts they have to spot all the mistakes i was uh, about to say you were about to make me lose my shit that movie is oh god damn that movie's the worst <sighs> but um they, they they use it to train astronauts and give them like a form that they have to like fill out all the mistakes, scientific inaccuracies and bullshit uh, in that movie. Like, how long is that fucking form? Jesus, uh, about forty five pages, I guess. So that sounds about um, right. One of the <laughs> which is great because the entire setup of that fucking movie. And we're never going to talk about it's it for dumb. real because none of us hate it. Both of us hate that movie. I mean, I kind of love it. But like, it's just so, well, it's yeah, so because, stupid. you know, you're you. Yeah. It's so damn dumb. I love the, the fact that premise, even, the even Ben Affleck of- said, like, the premise of this is stupid. Why would you train, oil, why would you train oil rig people to be astronauts? Wouldn't it be easier to train astronauts to drill oil? And, <laughs> and the director was like, shut the fuck up. It is Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah, I know. So Michael Bay, <laughs> Michael Bay is like, dude. 
don't ruin this for me. Who gives a shit? <laughs> We're going to blow up an asteroid. You're going to die it's a fucking hero. The, it's like a doubly stupid premise. One, you're going to blow up an asteroid. Two, you're going to send oil men as astronauts? Are you fucking kidding me? But it just, no. Nope. <laughs> you. Uh-uh. It's just so bad. No. I have a similar, a similar situation going on when I think of the movie Interstellar. When they're like, oh, the only thing that's edible on Earth is a genetically modified, is like genetically modified corn. So the scientist who figured out how to genetically modify crops to be able to survive the blight, we're going to tell them to fuck off and everybody needs to become farmers. What the fuck? No, no. Fuck farmers. You need scientists. Farmers are the ones who should have been out of whatever. I'm just, no. This is what I'm talking about. See, that's why I go off when I think of that movie because I'm like, the premise doesn't make any fucking sense. First of all, we have masks right now. It's what we're all walking around with. We have masks and we have goggles. How the fuck are people getting like black lung and shit from inhaling dust? Close the fucking shutters. Are (laughs) you kidding me? Whatever. So I'm just, you know. There's and always... then people have the nerve to be like, you don't understand the science. You don't understand common fucking sense. Anyway, I'm good. The, uh, you, you're good? I mean, I yeah, haven't been like that. Heat. I, I, we're um. talking about heat. Well, I'm yeah. Like, the, there's some, there's some movies that, that is just like, I, I don't know the rest of you because part, because so, so part of this movie is so dumb that I'm just ignoring the rest of it. Yeah. See, that wasn't the case for me with Interstellar. I just kept, like, I just kept piling on. <laughs> so, like, as it was going, I'm like, why did you even have the son character in this movie? You just fucked him off. Like, you, like why? Why? Mm. Why was he in this movie? There's no reason for him to have had a son. Also, the whole premise of All You Need Is Love came out the fuck out of nowhere, and I'm kind of sick of seeing that in, in Nolan movies. And the whole, like, oh... Now we see that his daughter, or that um, we see that Brant made it to the other planet, and that her fiance conveniently is dead. Why? Because reasons. But he doesn't fucking know that. So for all he knows, he's going to either his death or to be a third wheel. And he's like, "Yep, that sounds better than talking to my daughter, who is the only fucking reason why I made it through this fucking mission. Because fuck my grand, or fuck my son and my grandkid, because I'm an asshole." whatever okay but yeah so, but, I, um, but i don't the reason so why I'm, i don't get it is because of the science right i'm i'm, I'm crossing out interstellar from the list just never gonna bring I that mean, up circle that can, cross it out talk a, about a, it because uh, i've got way more that i can like i can go on for days because right. the more people that say like oh that movie was brilliant the more my head explodes <laughs> so, and it, but like to fun. be fair i don't hate that movie it was brilliantly really? directed it was brilliantly acted. The oh, yeah, story well, was shit. There's some movies and I, that what are is like. My thing? I'm all about the story. You love the story. Um, I'm all about uh, the, story. the thing about movies is that, like, movies, especially. Okay, so animated movies is really, really easy to, like, make look aesthetically pleasing if you don't, if you're not incompetent, like, food fight. Um, but. Since it's so easy to just it, so since it's easy to make animated movies, people make shitty animated movies all the time, and it's annoying because it's just like it's for four year olds, so like we'll just make it crap. And I'm like, no, make good ones, 
So, and, and the bad ones and the good ones look exactly the same, unless it's like Pixar and they're doing some weird shit that just makes it look amazing. And so... Let's face it. The thing about Pixar is they get you in the feels. They do. If you're a little kid, you like it because you're like, oh, it's animated and look at the characters and blah, blah, blah. But if you're an adult, you're like, okay, I'll sit here and watch this with my kid or my niece or what have you. And next thing you know, you're like, God damn it. Yeah, and they get you in the feels even as an adult. And Inside Out is Inside Out is like, hey, we're fucking Pixar. Let's make sadness the main character. Practically, that's a great idea. Let's make a a movie about uh, happiness and sadness working together. That's our motto. And then they high fived each other and probably shook hands because they weren't afraid to die, and it was awesome. And now, and that's my favorite, not animated movie, but definitely my favorite Pixar movie. Unless it was Disney. Huh. Well, it's I can't Disney tell Pixar. Anymore. Yeah, sure. Let's like Disney owns Pete. Pixar now. Yeah, that's probably a good thing. That's the movie we're here for. Um, for some <laughs> reason, I tend to have that effect on people. Like, I talk like that in general, but then, like, when I get on a podcast, we could be talking about something, and then next thing you know, the other person starts doing it too. And I'm like, yep, that's the Jackie effect. Um, yeah, well, I like it because, like, we changed the premise so we're only talking about Heat, but, like, we can talk about other movies and bring them up when they come up. It'll be fine. Um, so, we have Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, like, being the main characters and sharing the spotlight, but we also have Val Kilmer, and Val Kilmer mm-hmm. is also on the poster, so maybe we should talk about him for a bit. He, uh, Val Kilmer, I think is i don't want to say underrated but i feel like a lot of people sleep on kilmer he was an amazing actor in the 80s and 90s and yeah he kind of lost his mind went a little crazy but before that he was awesome and the heat was like right in the like in the midst of his awesomeness it was like right in his heyday um guess what movie he did right after or what movie came out right after heat that val kilmer was in oh what um, was, it, was it after? Might have been before. No, it was after. Yeah, it was after. Batman Forever. Y'all. Oh, hell yeah. He was Batman. Batman Forever. He was Batman. That movie, the movie that's like, hey, aren't, isn't this, uh, the movie where the studio went, mm, maybe Tim Burton went a little too Tim Burton-y. That wasn't Tim Burton. No, I know. Oh, you mean the, when the studio was trying to correct Tim Burton? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tim Burton was like, hey, I made Batman Returns. Catwoman, she's basically like a sex addict, right? And it's like, I mean, no, she's a cat murderer. <laughs> yeah, but she's, it's like a superhero movie. She's a cat. So she has cat powers. It's like, no, she's a cat burglar. It's like, yeah, but what if? And like, I can't what? emphasize Fine. enough how much I don't like Tim Burton. I, I'm not a fan. I, mm, all right. So when it comes to Tim Burton, Mm-hmm. I, it's mixed, but mainly I like him as a producer. I the only Tim Burton movie that I can think of that I actually enjoyed was Edward Scissorhands. Other than that, I'm I don't like them. And here's the thing: like I could watch a movie that he did and not know that he did it, and be like, I don't like this movie. Like the style is all over the place. It seems really stupid. And I'll actually be like, it seems like it's, it feels like it's a Tim Burton movie. And it's like, well, it was a Tim Burton movie. There you go. <laughs> like, I just don't like his, you know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of one of those people who's like, I'm going to be crazy for the sake of being crazy. Like, ooh, aren't that edgy? No, 
you're you're uh, what's what's the term I'm looking for? Hosa? Um, uh, huh? I I don't think he's fa- I don't think he's faking like being the way he is. He's like Stephen King in so much as he does he's going to do what he does and. People will either like it or they won't. And the worst Tim Burton movies are the ones that he does for studios. And it's just like, make Alice in Wonderland. It's like, all right, I will, I guess. But when he's okay, doing Okay, so I guess I didn't, I didn't phrase movies. that properly. Yeah. I, I don't think that he's being fake. That's not what I... So it, I, oh, I, okay. think I understand what you're saying. Like, what I said makes it seem like I think he's being fake. I don't think he's being fake. What I'm saying is his personal style... Like, you know, all directors have their own personal style, right? Uh-huh. Like, Nolan has a personal style. Um, like, Tarantino. Like, all, all directors have, they have their thing, right? right? And his thing, his personal style, irritates the shit out of me. I mean, I, I can can't it. stand it. And every time I'm watching a movie of his, even if I don't know it's his movie, I, can't, I notice it. It's, like, glaring in my face. And I'm like, ah, oh, I can't stand this. Feels like a Tim Burton movie. And um, it is. <laughs> like every time and <laughs> because i don't necessarily go into movies like based on who's directing it i don't like go oh this is a michael mann movie well of course i'm gonna see this oh this is a so-and-so movie like like this is a john McTiernan movie obviously i'm gonna see that no i just watch a movie based on whether or not i like the premise or you know if i like the trailer or if i have heard of the story like if somebody's told me like hey have you heard about this one movie about this blah blah blah, blah? and i'm like oh that sounds good i'm gonna watch that so it has, like, for me, who directed has nothing to do with it. But inevitably, once you've watched enough movies from particular directors and you get to know their style, you're going to be like, oh, this feels like Homeboy. Like, this feels like John McTiernan. This feels like Steven Spielberg. You know what I mean? Yeah. And anytime um, I've said, this feels like Tim Burton, I was right. It turns out it was Tim Burton. And I'm just yeah. like, ah! It drives me nuts. I can't stand his style. This is my personal thing. Um, so. Do you like Henry Selick? Henry Selick? Yeah. Um, what has he done? He's done Nightmare Before Christmas, Caroline, James and Giant Peach, uh, Monkey Bone. No. Uh, Moon Girl. You haven't seen them? All right. No. That's fair enough. He hasn't done no, much. No, it's not that. I, yeah, no, I don't like it. it, it <laughs> you don't like it's, it's, uh, it's that same it's like. Very, Tim very, Burton-esque. very, very similar to Tim Burton. Exactly. Like, That's what I'm like saying. In, it's that in Tim Burton Style. Yeah, like with fan. the Nightmare Before Christmas, everyone thinks that Tim Burton directed that because not only because it's called Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas, but also because it looks exactly like that something that he'd make. Does it. There's, there's all of that works to make people think that Tim Burton did it. Yeah. Um. No, I didn't know that he was. Uh, I didn't know who he was. But when you mentioned his movies, I'm like, no, because every time I've seen a trailer for something like that, I'm like, that feels too Tim Burton and I don't watch it because I don't like Tim Burton. And then the I mean, one the films of his that I have seen, I'm like, yeah, because again, it feels too Tim Burton. I don't like that aesthetic. I, not necessarily that aesthetic, but like the, that style. Okay. I'm not a fan of that style. That's so, but enough. I mean, that's just personal preference. Like everybody's, I, yeah. everybody's got their own. I just don't like Tim Burton at all. Yeah, I get it. I mean... Like Coraline or Ryan is, Johnson. Yeah, I know. You mentioned him a lot. Coraline is one of those things that it's a really, really good movie, but the aesthetic is so distinct that it's like if you don't like Tim Burton's aesthetic, you won't like Coraline, even though it's great, because the aesthetic mm-hmm. is exactly like Tim Burton's. Like if Tim Burton made an animated movie, it would be Coraline. That's the one with the buttons for the eyes, right? Yeah, and the creepy doll yeah, and the mother that looks jam. like a spider. Yeah, I didn't think so. See? Nope. Mm-mm. None of that. 
No, right. there's nothing. Nothing in that sentence makes me want to even consider watching that. I mean, so, yeah. Was uh, it the Tim Burton's? It's like it's everything you hate. Tim Burton. Pretty much. Buttons rise. She turns into a giant spider and tries to kill her. Why the fuck would I want to watch that? Like, no, <laughs> no, exactly, no. I yeah. uh, I saw the trailer for it, thought it was creepy as fuck, and was like, nope. And I have not seen it. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's really good. And I'm like, oh, then tell me the story. And when they finish telling me the story, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's one of those my... things. It, it's one of those things where it's just like, it's, it's, some directors have such a, like, a distinct style that it's just like, if you don't like this director's style, no matter what the movie is, you're not going to like the movie. And mm-hmm. I, do I have, I think I have movies like that, like directors like that. It's just like, if, if, if they're the ones directing it, then I'm like, mm, I guess it's good, but I don't care. To be you know clear, what? Tim Burton is the only one that I actively like don't like. And that's just because I saw his movies in like the 90s and I was like, Ugh. like I just didn't like them. And then ever since then, people are like, well, watch this, watch this. And I'm like, yeah, I will give him a chance. Like I watched Edward Scissorhands and I was like, oh, I actually liked that film. And that- I don't think the you're only gonna like one Caroline. That I well, no, I'm not gonna watch it. No, but I like I do I, I, a fucking spider. It's not I'm not I watching get, it. No, I get it. Yeah, no, not happening. Um, and so not then, only that, not only that, but James and the Giant Peach. That movie has like the main mother figure is a spider because they just hate you. They don't want you to watch it because so they're like creepy hey. motherfuckers. Yeah. Like, I I want Jackie in particular to hate my shit. From huh? Jump. Just mm. fucking hate me. And I'm like, the, the two, The two best, actually, is James and Giant Peach good? I can't remember. Probably not. Good question. It's because really I weird. haven't seen it. It's really weird. Um, you won't like it. You I feel like when you're James talking about Peach. these two directors, you don't need to say it's really weird. That's redundant. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so he hasn't done much, many movies. And everything he's done, it's like, was that directed by Tim Burton? And that's probably why he hasn't done much. Because everyone's just like, I ju- I'll just get Tim Burton. All right, what's his name again? Henry Selleck. See, I'm, every time I hear you say that, I'm like, do you mean Tom Selleck? Yeah, mm. yeah, it's just how. Oh my gosh, he looks like Lurch. <laughs> <laughs> I can't oh. help that. It's true. Mm. Um, he does stop motion. Which is another thing that's not my genre. Here's the thing. I will watch just about any subtitled situation. I'll watch movies from all around the world. I will watch nearly anything. I am not a fan of anime and stop motion in general. The only anime that I've ever watched and enjoyed was Inuyasha. I've watched Full Metal Alchemist, but I like got bored halfway through the first season. But... Inuyasha I loved and I finished it and I was like oh I want more because it to me it left a little you know more left a taste for more but then it was like nope that's it you're done forever um but yeah it's um oh he's got a movie called the shadow king is that like the marvel shadow king or is this something else definitely not marvel so um Belcomer's character in this movie was a douchebag yep he massive asshole it's like yeah and it's like yeah and honestly to me val kilmer 
is it's not really it's not the it's not the main characters that make you root for any one care any one side or the other it's the supporting characters because Val Kilmer's character I believe is in this movie to be like no don't root for the bad guys they're douchebags because it's through dealing with um with Ashley Judd that we see Robert De Niro be a douchebag aside from that he was like an actually nice guy he was like I don't want to say a good guy but he was like he was polite (laughs) <laughs> like he didn't kill people unless it was absolutely necessary um and but you know and again it was Val Kilmer's character that was like cop kill him and um but you know we see De Niro go bad in deal or not go bad cuz i guess he is bad but we see we Him see the dirty car? side the criminal side of of De Ni- of uh Macaulay when he's dealing with Val Kilmer's girlfriend, or um, when he's dealing with Val Kilmer's wife, um, Ashley Judd, and um, wait, is it Ashley Judd? I feel like uh, Ashley Judd plays. Um, it is Charlotte. Okay, good. Charlene. Well, Ashley I, I was getting my, movie. I was getting one of the Judds confused. I was like, is it Ashley Judd? Is it Naomi? Like I. Oh, it's Ashley Judd the then. Confused. Ashley. Okay, good. Um, yeah, because uh, do you have you heard of the Judds? They're a country music group uh, from no. the U.S. They're her mom and sister. Oh, okay. and um, they were really popular in like the '80s, and I grew up listening to the Judds. So, and then later, Ashley comes out as an actress, and so I constantly will accidentally say like Winona Judd or Naomi Judd when I mean Ashley. So that's why I was like, "Wait, is it Ashley? I'm not sure. She's one. Of, she's the sister that doesn't sing." Anyhow, because <laughs> Winona ended up doing a solo career, so there's just there's Judds everywhere. There's lots of Judds. Anywho, um, so yeah, and oh, her character in this, that was a doozy. So, um, and also, uh, what's his name? Um, the dude that she was hooking up with. Um, um, uh, he does Michael? all the voices. Uh, what's his, the, the guy, um, do you know the Hank actor? Azaria. Yeah, yeah, the actor. Hank Azaria. He, like, oh, through their characters, we get Alan. to be like... Okay, through their characters, we it's made abundantly clear like don't be like the criminals because they're douchebags. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because they're like oh they're it, it's jerks. easy like, to have um to glo- accidentally glorify being criminals when they're charismatic. Exactly, and De Niro originally is, and then you see Val Kilmer and Hank Azaria, and then you're like oh these guys aren't cool they're assholes mm-hmm. um because the whole thing like the whole situation involving her character so she's with val kilmer he's a douchebag to her so she's like fine then fuck you i'm gonna leave you for this other guy and so she goes to the other guy and the other guy's like i'm just fucking you like i don't want anything to do with you i'm just using you it's like what and then you like you you have to have the cops make him be a decent guy and oh, the whole thing. He's just, he's, everybody's douchebags. Just douchebags mm-hmm. abound. But then even like on the good side, even on the good side, um, Al Pacino's wife, she's kind of a douche. Not like super douchey, but kind of. And I even forgot that, um, that uh, Natalie Portman was in this. Because there were like so many stars and she was just a kid. So she's like totally overshadowed by this. Although a movie she is not overshadowed in as a kid is um 
is the professional or Leon, as it's, I think it's called Leon in French, but in English, it's the professional. Isn't, um, it, isn't it Leon the professional? Like it's both it's, now? Now? I don't know. When I saw it, it was just called the professional. But then later, um, I saw that it was called Leon, but those were like the French cuts. So that's why I'm like in France, I think it's called the Leon. And, but in English, it was in the US, it was called the professional. Maybe now they changed it so it's Leon the Professional, like to to marry the two titles. But originally, I, know that title. I saw it as the Professional. Um, I don't know. Like I said, maybe they married it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I like I said, I just saw it as the Professional, um, and she was damn good at that. Um, we should talk. We should do that one one day. Okay. Have you seen we'll it? Add it to the list. Nope. So perfect. You. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's called. Uh, Leon the Professional uh, from 1994. Mm-hmm. Alternate title is, is Le Professionnel uh, and then some others. And then yeah. there's but if you like the, look one at... of the alternate titles is Leon and then Leon the Professional. Another one is. And then the, the professional. professional. Yeah, it was originally. So when it was released in the US, it was called just The Professional. <laughs> oh, cool. It's streaming. So yeah, we can do that after we do Thor, I guess. Yeah um yeah that's a really good movie um and that introduced me to um to jean renault who's a pretty famous french actor and he's really good in this movie kind of funny um okay so yeah the side characters to me like kind of show the assholishness of everybody that's going on um it's good to present it like when Al Pacino and Robert De Niro are as um, charismatic as each other, you have you see their who they associate with to be like, oh no, this is like when they're not out in public, this is who they are or like who they associate with. It just lowers them. Same with the end. Lowers them. Yeah, what do you like mean lowers them. Like reveals that like it's easy to get caught up in them as individuals but like you can be like oh wait he's actually a criminal maybe we shouldn't like want him to escape because of all the people that he's murdered and like everything that he's done because like it was his idea to murder that the last one because it, it was uh Apuccino was like they didn't want to murder them but as soon as they started they like fuck it let's keep let's kill them all then it's, um, it's, it's stuff like that okay we did they they didn't want um, us to forget that he was still a criminal. Right. Well, yeah, like I was saying, like, I feel like in focusing on both of their stories simultaneously, especially with De Niro being De Niro, it's very easy to root for De Niro because he is definitely more charismatic than Pacino. So it's, it's easy to be like, okay, well, I want him to win. I want him to get away with it. And that's why they have these moments to be like, oh, okay, well, maybe they shouldn't get it. Like, maybe mm-hmm. they are douchebags and maybe they, maybe crime isn't. Like, it's easy for it to almost be glorified, but then, like, it's, they make it a little bit more real. And it's like, oh, no, you don't want to be like these guys. You don't even want to be friends with these guys. You definitely wanna, don't want to marry these guys. So, but then no. at the same time, you don't want to be in relationship with Al Pacino's character either because he's so obsessed with work that, like, it's almost like being a um like like being with a with an emergency room doctor or something like he's got to go away at any moment and he can be gone for like days at a time 
And then when he comes back, he can't tell you what was bothering him. So he's it, like, it's got to be hell trying to be in a relationship with somebody like that. Yeah. One of the uh, worst cliches in uh, family movies in particular is like, you spend all your time at work and, and you never have time for us. And meanwhile, we see that they're like doing this massive project and if they don't, they'll get fired. And, and it's just like, the movie's always terrible because it, it's always like, no, he has to work, otherwise you'll starve to death. But yeah, what, right. they would, what those movies are trying to do is what this and like, like three others got right, which is it's <laughs> not okay to obsess over stuff. But like, um, and by obsessing over it, that's when things go uh, bad and you get, and you ruin relationships. Yeah, Pacino's character was not set to have a, a, like he's not going to have good relationships because he's so obsessed with his job um but the thing is with de niro he was at least self-aware he at least knew better he was like yeah i can't have relationships because you know i'll if i get into like he's basically got to hit and quit it because if he gets involved with someone that could be the death of him which that's it exactly was. what happened exactly so let's, let's talk about his girlfriend then okay uh he has a girlfriend, and that exact thing happened. He gets too involved. <laughs> Conversation over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we talked about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I predicted it. Also, she was given the opportunity to leave and didn't. And I yeah. don't know why. Because he just, and maybe it's because we see that he's actually an asshole. But like, just leave. I think the reason why she didn't leave is because the same reason why without seeing the way he was with Ashley Judd and without physically seeing him kill somebody, again, we would have been sucked into him too. And we would have been rooting for him to win. But we got the perspective of seeing him commit these horrific things that she didn't see. She just had to imagine it. And she didn't, it's like Darth Vader. Yep. It's happening. Oh my um, god! With, you don't even like souls that much, right? Uh, but it's because it's because it's so appropriate to the situation. Like Luke Skywalker heard of all the terrible things that Darth Vader did, but he didn't actually witness them. He just knew of him, and he would because of that he was still able to see the good in Darth Vader. He was able to sense the good. Um, it's the same thing with this, this TV show, Dead to Me. There's a character Judy who annoys the shit out of everybody but they all end up loving her and they're like why do we like her so much and they're like because she can see the good in the in the worst of us like she can see the good like there's literally a line where um another character says she can see the good in us even if it's not there and i feel like that was her position she heard tell of what he did but she didn't actually witness him like murdering people and she just hadn't she knew it but knowing it and actually experiencing it and seeing it is completely different. And I think like that's, I think that's where she was at. Because what her experience of him was a nice guy who was good to her. Because he wasn't a dick to her. He was, he was like her vision of him. That's why I think she stayed when she had the choice. When she found out the truth, like, yeah, she could have left. But by then she was also like into him and... Again, it's like that, like, do you 
can you imagine this person being a monster, this person who is nothing but kind to you, or like maybe he's the kinder, gentler thief, you know? <laughs> like maybe he's the thief that doesn't kill anybody. And like it's really maybe, maybe he's not in jail because he's so good at it and he doesn't kill people. Like you wanna believe the best of people about people, and I think that's where she was. That makes sense. Yeah. Like, I know why why I, I, like no, we were just ahead. talking about we like we were just talking about the fact that it's easy to get sucked into um to his charisma so it makes sense right that she'd fall for him yeah and it also it's why when you juxtapose her with ashley judd's character because she has she's the exact opposite she's been in the life she knows exactly what they do she's possibly even witnessed it and val kilmer is a douchebag to her he cheats on her he's hit her she's done she wants out so there's like an interesting juxtaposition between those two in my opinion like for this and then also you have the third female character of um pacino's wife like none of these dudes are guys you want to be in a relationship with none of them <laughs> but it's how it's interesting to see how these women relate to that how they react to what they're doing like some of them rebel some of them just try to leave and some of them just try to accept it so it, uh, this is it's, it's really good okay <laughs> so so the, the direction was good the characters are great the story's fantastic this is a great movie and i'm really really yep. glad that i actually got to see it hey daniel uh what do you think about this film do you like it i'm not sure it's it okay. sounds like you're on the fence. Yeah, okay. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, God, it's really fucking awesome. So is there anything else that you want to uh, mention or bring up about this? Uh, not really. It doesn't even feel like, uh, it doesn't feel cliched, which happens with a lot of movies that start trends. But all the things that this thing started happen in TV shows. So it feels distinct and unique. Yeah. This movie's so, also not that old. It's only from no, it's only like Yeah. It's, it's only yeah. like 20-something years old. But Ah, oh, shit, that was 20-something. You all right? You, uh, this happens a lot. No, um, let's keep going. Yeah, it, it's great. And I, I'm really, really happy I saw it. Good. Good. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, to me, this is the ultimate heist film. So um, that's why I was, though, by the way, that's the theme. Ah, the theme of this week was heist films. Um, and, and the then actor, we just, obviously, yeah. was De Niro. And then uh, we decided, yes, yes, he is. I think, I think the final thought for this month is that Robert De Niro uh, is a fantastic actor. And so is Al Pacino. Apparently, we did his month as well. So two birds with arms stone. Uh -huh. That was fun. Um, yeah, and, um, yeah, he's, De Niro's good, but the funny thing is, you didn't even really get to see his full range, because, like, you saw, I feel like, I feel like doing Godfather and Mafia movies, like, if we could, I, I would have done, like, both of, like, put them all together, um, but he's just done, like, so many Mafia movies, and I know I, I think that there are people that are gonna be like, how did you not watch The Irishman? Because we fucking didn't, we'll get over it. Um, but we didn't even get into his comedies. Like, you didn't watch, like, Bad Grandpa, which is goofy as shit. Um, or, like, Meet the Parents and, 
Like, you know what? He can do comedic acting. I feel what? like Jackie Brown was the closest to comedic acting we got from uh, Nero in this month. I mean, yeah. Um, but that wasn't really comedic acting in yeah. the way that most people would think of it. It's just like absurd. Um, well, it's I, to me, his character was like the comic relief. So I, I still I consider mean, it comedic. That makes sense. Yeah. Like his, his character was the comic relief. Um, I really, really like um, this. And I think that um, the way we're going to move forward with focusing on one movie and only bringing up movies if they come to us uh, is what we should have been doing in the first place. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so, we but I'm glad. A bit too caught up in lists. Yeah. It's like, it was a matter of, I want to see as many movies as possible. And then, like, a couple months later, we're both like, you know what? This sucks. And we were experiencing burnout. And then we, and then I did the, um, this, which focused on one actor, which is almost right. But now, just being like, you just want to watch this movie. And then no matter what it is, like, we don't have to theme it around stuff unless there's a new movie that came out that we want to talk about. But not, being, not having to theme it around anything and just watching stuff is what, and then just talking about it is what this podcast is. And uh, you're going to be doing other stuff for the podcast as well. So that's what this show is. But what about the other stuff that you're doing? Do you have any plans? Yeah. Um, I'm going to start actually reviewing movies and just doing like, when I was younger, I would go to the movies and then I would like some movies would stay with you, like the Joker, or the Matrix, not the not not the Joker, like the Dark Knight, um, like the Dark Knight or the Matrix. I was about to say. And no, not the Joker. Um, I, I was thinking of the Joker, but like some characters would stay with you, like the Joker from the Dark Knight, or some movies like the Matrix. And um, I would like almost write like a dissertation on it which now you could do like a video, now they're called video essays. Like people on YouTube will do like a video essays, like Nerdwriter does them. Um, you know, a lot of people do them. And I'm, so it's basically going to be podcast form of that, where I just talk about either one character or one film. And it's not going to be long form. It's not going to be like a two hour podcast. It's going to be just me for like 10, 15 minutes talking about, a particular thing in a movie. Um, one of the things I'm going to do is like I'm going to I'm going to do an explainer situation where like there's so many people who are confused by things like there are people who don't get mother, there are people who don't get what the architect was saying in in uh, the Matrix Reloaded, there are people who don't understand Zemo's plan at all in Captain America: Civil War. So it's like my version of like here's what happened here's my interpretation like no Zemo's plan was not convoluted it was straight it was very simple a lot of things just happened to work in his favor but his plan itself was very simple and like okay here's why I like also so there's there's explainer and then I'm also going to do things like um like for example unpopular opinion I did not like Iron Man 3 and that a lot of people like it's the Mandarin opinion. twist what uh, a lot of people don't like it, but you're talking about like other than the Mandarin twist. No, not the Mandarin twist. Everybody, whenever you say you don't like Mand Iron Man three, people are like, "Oh, you just don't like the Mandarin twist." Well, it wasn't my favorite, but that's not why I didn't like the movie. There's way more, and I can give you all the points. And so I'm 
going to do like a small episode where I'm like, here's why I didn't like Iron Man 3. And here's what I think would have made it better. Same thing with Age of Ultron. Now, like those two are my least favorite MCU movies. There's going to be a lot of MCU happening. Um, believe it or not, not too much Star Wars. Because I feel like we've done everything that I've had to say. We've Star pretty Wars. much covered Star we, Wars. Unless we yeah. do the new movies that are coming out, I think we're good on Star Wars. Unless you want to do yeah. like the TV shows. Well, I am going to cover Clone Wars, but that's going to be more like just talking about the Clone Wars. Um, I think I'm going to interview a friend of mine who also watched the Clone Wars because, now here's the thing, I am very attached to the Clone Wars because I love that show. I've seen it, I've seen the other seasons multiple times. It finally ended, it just ended. I have not seen the last two episodes and the reason why I've even said this on the live stream that I did the other day is because... I am like, I don't want to let it go. And it's just like that <laughs> when you get to the end of a really good book, you're like, I want to see what happens. But at the same time, I don't want to say goodbye to these characters. So that's why I haven't finished the Clone Wars. It's like, ah, I could watch it, but then it'll be over. And so I'm like, isn't there anything else I can watch? It's like, yes, there are tons of things I can watch. So, um, so yeah, eventually I'm going to finish... Yeah, eventually I'm going to finish Clone Wars and then because I know it's going to be emotional because the Clone Wars is probably my favorite part of Star Wars. Like, let's not even lie. It's that's probably my favorite part. So um, but I have a couple of friends who also love Star Wars and want to talk about it. So I'm going to be like talking Star Wars with them. Um, I have friends who are just as big Marvel nerd as me and we're going to be talking Marvel with them. Um, and then I'm going to be breaking down what I think about different movies, Marvel movies not marvel movies um, um i'm gonna be talking about those um i'm gonna be talking about just just films in general like what i feel about certain things it's gonna be kind of like kind of like if you were to watch like filmento or nerd writer like stuff like that um but then also maybe sometimes goofy shit like if you were to watch you know mr sunday movies like just me and a friend being goofballs, taking a Marvel quiz and like talking about how stupid the quizzes are or something. I don't know. Who knows? Just random shit. It's I could it's sort all you into your Hogwarts house. Um, nope, because you're the Harry Potter nerd. I mean fair all right, fair enough. You could do that though. I mean, hey, I, go for it. Do hop on a podcast with another Harry Potter nerd and like laugh, you know, laugh it up, live it up, do your thing, <laughs> live your best life. Fair I'm enough. not that You're big also of a Harry doing Potter live streams. Anyway. Yeah, I do live streams um, at least once a week. Um, I'm going to try to narrow down like exactly how many times I'm going to do it. For right now, it's probably going to stick to around once a week because I also want to get this other content in there. Um, and like in the beginning of doing anything, it's going to take a long time because I have to figure out like editing and blah, blah, blah. Like, I have to write everything and decide what I want to say. I already know exactly like the topics. And I know roundabout what I want to say. I just want to, you know, polish it up. And then there's recording and editing and yada, yada. Um, so for now, it's probably going to be, probably going to stick to one or two live streams a week. Um, I did one yesterday with Ace, which where we talked about uh, Little Fires Everywhere. Um, the one for next week is going to be about, um, which by the time this recording comes out, it will, it's going to be past tense. Um, but the one about um, Westworld season two. So we're going to watch, we're going to talk about Westworld um, season one and two, but I'm going to do an unroll. Cause that's another thing. Um, a lot of 
non-linear stories, I've noticed there are some people who don't get it because like they kind of miss where things go. Like where in all of the excitement, they like don't understand what happened really because they don't, they don't can't like put it back together. And I'm really good at watching non-linear stories and going, oh, well, here's the chronological order. So I'm going to yeah, like um, uh, what I call unroll it. Yeah, people don't understand Inception, even though 99% of the dialogue is explaining the plot. Yeah, yes. Um, Inception is, is another one yeah. of those that I'm going to talk about because it is insane to me that so many people came away. Like when I saw it the first time, I was just like, oh, that was pretty good. And then other people were like, oh, yeah, isn't it crazy? Do you think he got out? And I'm like, yeah, he got out. Like it wasn't even like it didn't. That wasn't a thing to me. It's <laughs> like, yeah, he got out. And people, it didn't, uh, uh, yeah. and, but then it turns the out ending. people think people like swap the totems and i'm like no that was never his totem the top was never his totem yeah the top, it, so it's a whole thing didn't even say that in the movie in the movie he says his his totem is his wedding ring if he is not wearing his wedding ring he's in the real world so when he walks in there then you see his kids they actually say older, yeah kid, because yeah the reason uh, there's a whole it's a whole thing um yeah we'll get into it so there's yeah. i i want to be on that episode because i have thoughts um <laughs> okay on christopher nolan and inception and like his presentation and stuff and i mm -hmm. okay so this is all and see memento good. was another one it's a non-linear like it is it it's kind of a non-linear story but of. i saw it more as a linear story because I mean, it kind of talks tells it in flashbacks yeah um but it's, it's backwards and that's it like it's sort of linear and oh my god we need to do memento i'm adding that to the list because well i mean we uh, should just do christopher nolan and then we can talk about like memento and inception and uh, uh all right prestige. yeah so sometimes we'll focus on like one director if we want if we have a bunch that we want to talk about and we'll focus on one um yeah. all right because i don't well, honestly is... think that we could fill an entire podcast with just talking about inception uh, like, I mean, I guess we could, because I can talk about anything for any amount of time. But I feel probably, like, but maybe the, substance. The it's all about the aesthetic and and stuff. Um, I get it. Oh, we'll figure it out. So that's all going to be very. Mm -hmm. That's all very exciting, and I I'm very mm -hmm. excited to see what you do. Ooh, Dunka. All right. <laughs> so yeah. Um, anything else about Heat you want to throw in there, or are we? Uh... uh, it's fucking great, and I want to get it. And I wish that, like, anyone would sell it. Wait, you can't buy heat in Australia? Uh, not unless it's a fucking DVD. Oh, okay. I, I can buy the oh. DVD, I think. Oh, well, not well, anymore. Yeah. Why not right. anymore? Well, no one's going outside. All the shops are closed. Everything's gone to hell. The apocalypse that, is happening. That, uh, it's a good reason as to why. Yep. Mm. Yeah. See, I just take it for granted. I don't even remember when I bought that, but I know that I paid like a dollar fifty for it. Mm. So he was great. Uh, next week we're gonna do Thor, Ragnarok. Thor, yeah, Thor Ragnarok, which is a movie that you swear that you've seen, and then you were like, "Oh no, I haven't seen that." I haven't seen it. I definitely haven't seen it because yep. everyone was. I. I <sighs> yep. It's a shame that I haven't seen it. Yeah, anyway, I can't wait to fix that. Have you seen the other Thor movies? Have you you've seen? I, I saw the first Thor, one. Right? I saw Did the you first see Thor. the Dark World? No. Do you want me to also see Dark World? Because I, mm, I don't think I'll have time because we're recording it tomorrow. Uh, this is true. Um, I guess I could see Dark World if you like. Here's the thing. It's not a requirement 
but the individual in Marvel, the end, the series, like the like the Captain America trilogy, the Iron Man trilogy, the Thor trilogy, they are serial. Mm-hmm. So some miss out on stuff. Yeah, it's not. Up. It's not a like. I'm I'm just gonna warn you. Thor: The Dark World is not a great movie, but. When I was saying, like, when I was telling people, in order to watch Infinity War, you have to have seen a majority of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The only movie that I said you don't have to see was Iron Man 3. Because you could literally just erase that movie and you'd be fine. You would not skip a beat with Infinity War. You'd be chilling. Um, But you still have to see Thor The Dark World because it explains things. Now, technically, you wouldn't have to because you've already seen Infinity War and Endgame. So yeah. the things that were explained in Thor The Dark World get explained in um, Infinity War and um, Endgame. Well, no, not they don't get explained in Endgame. Endgame is just like, you haven't seen our movies? Fuck you. We're starting from here. I mean, that's um, fair. It's basically <laughs> their last movie before they, like, reboot it. Yeah. Not reboot, but, like, sort of reboot. It's a whole thing. I can't wait to see what they do later. Yeah. Um, but as far as Thor's development, Thor's personal character... Uh-huh. it is affected by what happens in Thor of the Dark World. Um, okay. But if you don't have time, honestly, just watch something like Honest Trailers or Pitch Meeting, something that's going to tell you, or like CinemaSense, um, a commentary that's going to go through the whole movie, that's going to go through the whole story so that you can get what's happening. Um, because okay. that'll like catch you up before watching Thor Ragnarok. All right. But you, do you actually have Thor Ragnarok or are you just going to watch it through Disney Plus or like what? Disney Plus. Oh, I have both. I have the DVD, or I have the Blu-ray and Disney Plus, which I always forget has the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe on there because I'm always like, oh, just go to my, oh yeah, I can go to Disney Plus. I don't have to put my own. It's very helpful. It is, but I'm still going to get that $500 box. Of course you are. Once I get like the, the money saved up, like, I mean, I could buy it right now, but then it's like, is that wise? You're not working. There's a pandemic. Uh-huh. So, I'm gonna that's, go why I, that's why I'm not like gonna yeah. be buying shit for at least a year. It's like, it's, oh, I could I could buy that for like ten bucks. Yeah, but what if there's another pandemic? Fuck that. Yeah, no, no, no. This is five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars is not saga. I it's five hundred dollars for me to rebuy movies that I not only already own, but also can find on Disney Plus, a service that I pay for. So that just sounds like something right I did now. with Harry Potter. That, yeah, that sounds like something ent- you would do. I bought the entire box set in like this. I, I bought all of the books as they were coming out. And then I bought uh, this very pretty box set all in hardcover uh, in like a dragon box. And now they're releasing uh, the books in the Hogwarts house colors. I'm like, fuck. Gonna <laughs> buy that like, set. I guess. Yeah. Well, luckily, I say luckily. I'm not the kind of fan that's like, I need all of these in all the house colors. I'm like, I'll get them in like this one and this one. And this one. Point is, I'm rebuying book sets, so I get you. <laughs> oh, wait, you're talking about the books. I thought you were talking about the movies. Okay, no, I got you. no, I got the movies like once and I'm good. The oh, books, okay. on the other hand, they keep coming out. They, they're <laughs> like, you're going to buy them, so we're going to keep re-releasing them. I'm like, I know. I'm a sucker and you know that. <laughs> that's uh, you. That's that's you. Yeah. That's also you. $500 for a box set. I haven't paid it yet. <laughs> we'll yet. wait. Well, 
Yeah. Anyway, this has yeah. been enlightening and fun. Okay. It has. And I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Vincent, who was on Nerd One, who had me on his podcast, which is awesome. Um, I will probably also have him on this podcast because he's pretty cool. He talks about uh, Marvel stuff and, and movies in general. Um, we let, him, let them know uh, what you did because it's hilarious. I, Can I tell him? Yeah, I'm getting. Yeah, go ahead. So his podcast goes for like uh, five to 15 minutes and then Jackie's on and they talk for two hours because obviously. Uh-huh. You, you feeling better now? <laughs> Anywho, um, yeah, we were supposed to talk about Marvel and we did. We started out talking about Marvel. We kind of forayed into um, the comics a little bit and then surprising apparently no one, we ended... <laughs> talking about star wars <laughs> that's a thing that happens apparently it's such a cliche it did and it was like i we were supposed to be talking about marvel we did though we did <laughs> but like at least half of it was star wars so but anywho um check him out his is on anchor his uh, podcast is called nerd one n-e-r-d-o-n-e nerd one he's pretty cool and uh, like Daniel said, his podcast ranged from like 15 minutes to like, yeah, apparently two hours. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and, you know, he'll probably be on this podcast at some point because, you know, who doesn't want to talk about Marvel in Star Wars? <laughs> so. <laughs> I'll put a link to his podcast along with everything else uh, in the description. <laughs>